What's up, y'all? This is Ramel Watley, and welcome to Truck and Hustle, the podcast for trucking entrepreneurs. If you want to learn about the trucking industry from the business side of things, you're in the right place. Every week, I interview the people who are making it happen on a daily basis. I get them to share their successes, their failures, and sometimes even their secrets. The goal is to show you how you too can create financial freedom in the booming trucking industry. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I had no book of business, no customers, no nothing. The only knowledge I had was that previous little two weeks we had at Landstar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, you know, I got to make it happen. I was like, I got to I gotta feed the family. It's your life. It's your, your bread and butter. Yeah. You want that long relationship. And if we don't have a truck, we, we, gonna say, we, we can't cover it. Simple as that. This industry has changed my life fully, completely. You know, I never thought I'd make this kind of money, you know, in my life. You know, last month we did a little bit under 500000 in sales. Right. And we made 100000 Turn my mic up. For you. Take there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the road to the riches. Life takes a toll like bridges. Good friends become foes and snitches. Better watch who knows in your business. Turn my mic up. For you. Take there. Yeah, yeah, uh, on the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges, good friends become foes and snitches, better watch who knows in your business. Action, all right, Hustle Fam, Hustle Fam, we are back with another amazing episode, and I am here with my good friends from Hudson Freight. Yes, sir. Mr. Devin and Tijuana, husband and wife, freight agents. That's right. What's going on, y'all? Not much, man. man. Beautiful day. Yes. Man, beautiful day for sure. I'm I'm, I'm so happy to have y'all here. I've been hearing a lot about you, and I just want to learn more about your business, what you do, and let the Hustle fam know about what you guys do, man, and what you guys have going on, because I hear it's a lot. Yeah. All right. Yes, a lot. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, well, 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 you, do you guys understand? No, no. Okay. Well, let, well, let's get let, let's get started. Um, Freight, you guys are freight agents, correct? Correct. Correct. All right. So, be- before we kind of get into the story, can can one of you guys explain to us what a freight agent is? Well, a freight agent is just like a freight broker, but we don't have to necessarily get the surety bonds and all that stuff. We work under the broker. So the broker has the insurance, the bond, all that stuff, and the freight agent is a subsidiary of that that broker, pretty much. Okay, got you. So you guys are like freight brokers, except you don't have all the overhead that would go into actually having like an authority and the right. bonds and so forth and so on. All right. All right. Cool. 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 So let's kind of get into the story. Let's figure out how you got into this world of transportation. I'm going to start with you, Tijuana. All right. Ladies first. Okay. Tell me a little bit about <laughs> yourself. Where are you from? Tell me about your backstory a little bit. All right. I'm Tijuana Hudson. I am from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay. But I've been in Atlanta like over like 20 some years. Okay. And so my background initially was um, mortgage, uh, taxes, stuff like that. But how I got into trucking was through Devin, really. Um, I was working for a lady. She had a trucking company. But she didn't make it look pretty. So I wasn't really interested in the whole trucking thing. So with Devin having his box trucks and stuff, I kind of got thrown into it. Mm. So that's how I got my break into it. Um, and then my father, he's been a freight agent for over 10 years. Oh, wow. So that's how we initially got into being a freight agent. Okay, got you. So you said you worked for a woman who had a trucking company, it was like a smaller trucking company? Yes. What did you do for her? 
Well, I was doing taxes and real estate for her at the time. Got you. So her husband was running the trucking um, side of it, but she wasn't really into it. She didn't make it seem like it was the thing to do. Okay. So I wasn't even interested. I didn't even think about like, I'll dispatch for you or, you know, anything about the trucks. I would just hear the horror stories. Right. So she made like, <laughs> this is a headache. Like, I don't yes. even know why my husband is doing this. Correct. Let alone you. So we just. Yeah. So she's like, I'm just going to fund the business and that's all I want to do and let him do his thing. So. Got you. Got I didn't you. even think twice about it. So, so, so Devin, according to Tijuana, you're the reason why, why we're in this, this trucking industry, right? So yeah. let's get into your background a little bit, man. Tell me about your backstory. Where are you from? Well, my backstory, I'm originally from Riverdale, uh, the College Park area. It's kind of where I grew up. Um, then I kind of started working in the warehousing, doing like temp service jobs. You know, everybody goes straight to temp service and try to get a little warehouse job. So I kind of did that for a little bit. Um, wasn't really making that much money. So I went overseas. I got an opportunity to go overseas to Afghanistan and um, Kuwait and work as an MRT uh, person, basically just helping close down different bases. Okay. But while over there, I kind of created my own position as a transportation coordinator. So when the trucks would come in, I would pretty much say, like, this goes to get demolished. This this truck is all full. Let's add to it. And this goes to Iraq or whatever the case may be. So it kind of interests me that I was able to make more of an impact with my mind than my hands. Mm. Because being a big guy, I always had the jobs that was heavy lifting, stuff like that, you know. Because you're big. They want you to do the heavy stuff. Right, right, so, right. So um, I was like, okay, I came back home because the contract ended over there in Afghanistan. So I came back and I was like trying to just figure out what I'm going to do. And like she said, she was working for a lady doing taxes. Her husband had a trucking company. So I decided, hey, I'm going to just drive his box truck for him. Okay. Because he had a box truck. So I started driving for him. So so hold on. This, is this where you guys met? No. We no. actually... Okay, we met through Facebook. Okay, okay. <laughs> we met through Facebook. Shout out to Facebook. Yeah, exactly. she, she made a post. And at the time, I was living in my dad's house. Like, I was sleeping on my dad's couch. Like, okay. grown as hell, you know. Um, I made a post about folding, folding clothes. clothes. Yeah. Okay. And it wasn't I, about grown people living at their dad's house? No. No. <laughs> but, you know, I, I said, hey, why don't you fold mine? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> That's how I kind of have it, you know, kind of hit the inbox, I hit perfect, the DMs. Perfect, perfect icebreaker. Yeah, yes, you know what I'm saying? Crazy. We, okay, six so, months later, we were married. So y'all, y'all met on Facebook in six, six wow. So yeah. Facebook actually does have love connections. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. So, okay, so y- you meet on Facebook, you're working at the truck and company, and you're where at this time when y'all met? Because I want to make sure we When we met, I was working at just a temp service. I was so you're the, in the warehouse yeah, now. Yeah. So after y'all met, this is when you go to Af- Afghanistan. Yeah, after the conversation, me and her just were having about, she was like, yeah, I got friends that work overseas. It's like they made good money and live great. So I was like, I called my cousin the next day. We were just talking about overseas. He's like, I know somebody if you want to really go over there. Mm-hmm. I was like, for real? He's like, send me your resume. I sent it to him, and they sent me an email the next day saying, hey, they go, you playing ticket and itinerary. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah. she, she leveled you up. So she yeah. set you up with that opportunity from the gate. Yeah, yeah. She, she definitely did. Got you. All right. Dope. Continue. I'm, I'm listening um, to the story now. So you're in Afghanistan and you're doing, you said the MRT. What are MRTs? What's that? Basically, we were, whenever we were closing down the bases, uh, we would go to different fobs, which are smaller bases, and then and just help separate all the junk pretty much. So closing down because they're leaving? Yeah, because you know, they were closing down all the bases from Afghanistan okay. and moving troops out. Okay, gotcha. So we would go over there and separate. Like they'll have these, this retrograde yard would have these different little boxes, white boxes or stacks of wires. You'll have refrigerators or whole condexes full of just junk that soldiers packed in. So we were tasked with 
taking the stuff out of those containers and separating it. Okay. Whether it be wire, uh, metal, aluminum, glass, vehicle parts, whatever, we separate it, put it on the trucks, and shipped it off to various locations. Okay. You okay. know, stuff that was just too damaged to use, and they would destroy it. Got you. Got yeah. you. All right. And then you said you created your own position out there. Yeah, I created my own position. All right. And what's that? <laughs> I was the transportation coordinator for okay. over there. So, so that pretty, didn't really exist at that time. It didn't know? exist. So while everybody else was out there sweating, I was like, I was in the air conditioning, my little air conditioning connects. <laughs> yeah, telling people what to do. They're coming there for paperwork. You know, everybody was like, man, I want to work with you and your team. I'm like, hey, I don't know, man. I might bring one person on. <laughs> right, right, right. But, you know, like I said, that contract ended um, that I was on. I was there for maybe a year and a half. Okay. So when I came back, you know, I had pretty much blew through my money, my overseas money, because I never had money before. Like I said, take care of home, yeah, take care of home bill. So, and y'all are married at this point. We were married because right? yeah. six months later, you said yeah. after Facebook. Yeah. All right, we were married. So, um, came back. Uh, we, we were like, okay, trying to figure out what we're gonna do. She's working, and I was like, okay, I gotta do something. So I started driving trucks for her boss's husband, and kept doing that for a little bit. I think I drove trucks for him for about six months, six seven months, and he wanted to get. Like I was telling him about my father-in-law, because her dad was just like killing it. Yeah. We would go over there, he had the nice chains on, nice house stuff. He was living real good. Gotcha. So um I said, man, we gotta get into like the freight brokerage, man. Like, I see it's a big industry. He was like, eh. you know, eventually I got him to talk, you know, say he'll do it. So we signed on with Landstar. Okay. And we did Landstar for like two weeks. Okay. You know what I'm saying? We we uh had we rode, we walked, we, what we did, rode around and walked through all business parks and trying to get customers. Okay. That didn't really work out. He was like, eh, I don't think this is going to be a good fit. Then we got one customer and. Now, now slow down for a yeah. second. So you said you signed. So, okay. So how'd you, so tell me about that process of signing on with Landstar. Like that initial, because now you're a freight agent with Landstar. Yeah, right? with Landstar. So it was. How did you even know to go to Landstar? Like, tell me about that. Whole I didn't. Okay. Like the, they were already they, in trucking. So yeah, they were in trucking. So that's the first thing when I told them about freight brokering. I guess they reached out to Landstar and kind of got the ball rolling. Okay. And, and they being the company I was working for. Okay, got gotcha. you. Husband and wife. The husband the, and wife. The box truck company. Yeah. Okay, got you. So, so they, so they, put so they all telling money. you guys they're like, okay, this is an opportunity for you guys. Basically, right. Go to Landstar. And we'll, you'll work up on us. Okay, got you. Okay. You know, with Landstar. I'm following. So we did that together for about two weeks. Um, and they would say it didn't really work out that good. You know, okay. Couldn't get, get a customer. And the one customer we did get, we lost after the first load. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What happened? Uh, it wasn't on me. Because I'm detail-oriented. <laughs> but let's just say it was supposed to be a team load delivering next day to Washington, D.C. He booked a solo driver. So Ran out of hours? Yeah, so when the customer called me the next day, like, okay, are we at delivery? I'm like, no, nah, delivery says they're supposed to be Wednesday. He's like, no, this is a next day delivery with a team. Right. I'm like, oh, jump. Driver ain't even <laughs> left Atlanta yet. He wow. decided to just spend the night home or whatever. So, right. Yeah, and he said they didn't want to pay for the load. And it, it was just a whole big mess. So he was like, yeah, scrap the whole freight broker thing. It's not really working. It's not worth it. Okay. There's no money in it. Okay. So, um, then he was like, you know, matter of fact, I just want to sell the box truck. You know, I just want to get out of that box truck and the whole thing. So, I was like, we didn't have good credit. You know, I didn't have that much money saved up. I came back because we kind of blew through it. So I said, you know, I got a high interest loan. I just want the truck because I got to still put food on the table. I can't just go back to getting back in the temp service game and making nine, 15 hours or something like that. Right, right. So I was like, you know, I just get a high interest loan. I get the box truck. So I got it, ran that box truck through the mud for about six months. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I had a contract with a local cartridge company. So I was doing like a local air freight. 
and stuff like that through the Atlanta area, getting it from the airport, taking it all over Atlanta. Doing How, how'd you find that? How'd you find that work? That's the work I was actually doing for the owner. For the owner. Okay. Yeah. So you just kind of continue what you were doing, but now you own the truck. Correct. Correct. So now the money come to me. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so then I stayed with that company. I had ended up getting one more truck too. Um, and it was good for a little while, but then they lost the big contract we had. So I was making like maybe $3,000 a week, $3,500 doing good, but we lost that major contract. And my check went down about $300, $400 a week. Mm. So, of course, she's looking at me like, <laughs> okay, you can't afford to do nothing. Right. You got to get this a job. Bills, this bill's due. The car note's due. Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And my truck note was due. And, you know, nowadays insurance is through the roof yeah. for commercial insurance. And my, I had a high interest loan. So, my truck note was like 1800 bucks. So, I didn't have the money for it. So, it came to a point was like, I have to either let the truck go or... Pretty much. We gonna be gone. Yeah, I don't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Something gotta go. Something gotta yeah, give. Right, you know right, what I'm right. saying? So I was like, you know what, babe? I really think this freight broker, this freight agent thing, can work out for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think it can. And so I'm gonna just put all my balls in this basket. I'm okay. Gonna, you know what I'm saying? So I um let go of the truck, reached out to her, her dad, to try to get on with his company or whatever. And he kind of did. Eh. Okay. So, you know, nobody would give you a chance to put their name on. Right, right, right. So I was like, okay, he don't want him necessarily to give me a chance, so I'm a, I'm gonna call his boss. Okay, yeah. Now, now, now tell me about. So, how is your dad's company at the time? Like, tell me about. Is, is it just him, or does he have people working for him? How is it set up? He's under a broker. So he's under a broker, and it's, he just does it by himself. Yes. Right. Okay. Him and his wife. Him and his wife. Okay. Yes. Got you. Got you. All right. So yeah. So it. um, I, I reached out to the company that he's up under. You know what I'm saying? The guy was like, you know what I'm saying? I'm busy right now. I'll give you a call back. So then her dad called back like five minutes later, like, why is your husband calling my boss? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I was like, I want an opportunity. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to feed my family. You ain't trying to give it to me. I'm going to find one way or another to make it happen. Right. Um. So he was like, look, I'm not going to reach my name, you know, because I don't know what you can do. Yeah. But I'll put you on with another lady who was with us who went with another broker. Mm-hmm. So she's like the, the Asian manager for okay. a new broker. So I was like, I, okay, whatever, I'll do anything. Right. So I get with this new, I get with the company, and I had no book of business, no customers, oh, no nothing. The only knowledge I had was that previous little two weeks we had at Landstar. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay. And what year is this? 2016. Yeah. August. 2016. Okay. Cool. August, five years. Five years. Five you know what I'm saying? Okay. This month, I was telling her, and um, I was like, you know, what? I got to make it happen. I was like, I got to, I got to feed the family. I know she looking at me. She on the phone. I heard on the phone with her sister. Oh, like, oh my goodness! I don't know. Yeah, girl. Girl. yeah. You feel me, like, girl? Get a job. Yeah, but this bill due, that bill due. I ain't got my hair done, my hair done. And me, I'm just like, I'm gonna figure. I gotta figure it out. Mm-hmm. I can't just be a deadbeat or that dude that she just look at like, man, why did I marry this? Right, dude? like, why yeah. I met this dude on Facebook? Yeah, I'm I should, telling you, six months. I should have went with another dude. I should have went on Instagram or something. Dude. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, like you know, like we said, we I got. I got looking at Grant Cardone a lot, man. Uh- All right, guys. Truck and Hustle has now partnered with Transpo CFO, powered by Venning. Transpo CFO offers a streamlined monthly subscription for businesses to consolidate their accounting, payroll, and tax needs into one flat monthly rate, saving businesses a tremendous amount of time and money while making their financial operations much smoother for the long road ahead. Check out Transpo CFO in the description below and tell them Truck and Hustle sent you. Now, let's get back to the show. I would look at Grant Cardone because I I need that motivation. I didn't know anything about sales or something like that. So I knew my main thing was going to be sales. Mm. Moving freight's not that that complicated. Sales is the biggest thing because you need Correct. customers. You know what I'm saying? And of course, I was broke at the time. So I was like, you know what? 
let me just repro reprogram my mind. So I bought that Damon John book. Yes. The Power of Broke. Yes. Power Phenomenal broke. book. Man, yes. changed my mind frame. Mm. I was like, it really is a power inside of you when you're broke that can just propel you on how, depending on how you use the energy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what? A matter of fact, last thing I watched, Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah. Okay. Will Smith. Okay. After I watched that Pursuit of Happiness, okay, I saw that Will Smith didn't drink water. <laughs> you know, he's like, I didn't drink water where I can make more phone calls. I had my list right there in front of me, you know, pretty much did my research so I could just go down the line and make a phone call instead of having to research. Yeah. And I would start the top, you know, top top of the list and work way down pretty much. So I took his advice in that movie and I was like, you know what? I'm going to run with it. So I spent like two weeks. I focused on building me a long list of shippers and I killed it. Like I, every day I did like between two and 300 calls a day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I was able. When I, I think could. I had my first customer within by the second week I had my first customer and then pretty much every other week after that I had a new customer. Yeah. Building my business up and it, like within 6 months I was able to tell her to quit her job. Wow. Yeah. You know, so I got her to start working I think that February. Yeah. You know. So I started off my first check was maybe like 160, 170 bucks. Right. You know what I'm saying? But every week it kind of grew. It's like we're from 160, 170 bucks to maybe 300 to 500. Then by November I was making like over $2,000 a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah, like it was that quick because I was just like that persistent. I didn't give up. A lot of people be like, man, you know, I heard a no. Like I couldn't afford to just be like, oh, I heard a no. I got to quit. Like, I, right. oh, oh, well, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So that, right, that's right. pretty much how it went. Okay, so so let's let's kind of rewind a little bit. Let's talk about for anybody listening and, and who wants like a part of this kind of opportunity. What steps did you have to take to actually get put on with the, the the brokerage to become a freight agent? Let's start there when you when you first got started. That the lady connected you with the other broker, not your father's mm -hmm. uh, company that he worked with, but somebody else. So tell me about those steps because you're fresh in the business. You don't have any book of business. You don't know anybody. So why would they even give you an opportunity to begin with? Let's start there. Well, in the, in the beginning, uh, we lucked up. We got in yeah. like at the time when they first started the agent program. So they were just pretty much bringing in some new people, kind of testing the waters. Off of word of mouth. Off of word of mouth. So we didn't have, and I think they had a headhunter at the time too. Okay. Um, so we didn't have a book, like they just pretty much just took a chance on it. They took a chance on probably about 13 or 14 different people that came in with agents. Because a lot of times, don't they want people with like a book of they business? They want people with a book Definitely of business. Know. So I think they, they had like 12 or 13 of us they took on. Okay. But out of those, there's only two of us left. Okay. Right. That, wow. That they took on at that time. Everybody else who's coming in is already established. Okay. So it was just me and one other guy. Now, did they offer you any training or anything like that? Or nah. it was just kind of like, nah, no throw training. you to the wolves? Yeah, you we had in. the lady um, that my dad referred us through. She, you know, would talk to us and stuff like that. You know, just stay on the phones, you know, little pep talks and stuff like that. But as far as like getting it, we had to get it okay. ourselves and like prove to them like, we want this. We want okay. This. And even, even then, like, like I said, we started off, we didn't have much money. You make making 170 bucks, 160 bucks, 200 starting off. That's not enough to pay your bills. Right. So they were good enough to be able to be like, you know what? I see where y'all going with it. They go y'all some extra money, like help y'all out. Right. So they made sure like we were straight to be able to focus on our business. Like, and yeah. that, that's how we was able to get on. Like they they took a chance on us, and they really just helped nurture us like during that time. But as far as training. No, nah, you had to figure that out. You had to out. figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so in terms of like like business structure wise, you have to set up your own LLC and like how does that work? Tell me about that portion of it when you when you sign on with them. Well, you're supposed to, but in the beginning, like I said, we didn't have an LLC. Okay. We started straight off with our Last name. Social. Yeah, name. Okay. name social. We didn't actually make an LLC to probably about a year or two later. Okay. Yeah, like we were just like 
Y'all just Thanks. went. Y'all just went for it. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have time because I, what I noticed is like at that time, like we just had so much stuff going on. Like I had to make a quick move. We had just right. had a daughter. So, yeah, a newborn. So I didn't want to be like, okay, I got to wait for the LLC paperwork to come in. Let me get my whole business together. No, I just wanted to get on the phone. Okay, make some money. Okay, and and how does the process work? So you're booking freight for them. So you're booking it under your name, under their name, under like, theirs. Okay, so explain how that kind of like works. So when you're when you're reaching out to customers, you're say, you're using their name. And you're saying, you know, I'm with ABC Brokerage. And then once you book that customer, you book that load, what do you do then to then get paid that percentage? Just kind of explain how that works to people. Well, when we book a load, um, as far as like as far as getting set up with the broker. Or yeah. So so basically customer. when you're getting set up with a customer. Uh-huh. Right. So just so people could understand how the process works from actually booking the load, getting set up with a customer to booking a load to you getting paid. OK. Yeah. Okay, just, yeah. just explain that whole that whole process. Yeah, so I get set up with the customer. I send them my carrier pack, my customer packet, uh, credit out. You know, they send it back to me. Uh, I send it over to our agent rep, and she go ahead and get a credit line approved for them. Okay. So we'll see how much they get approved for us to do a credit check and all that good stuff. Uh, get a credit line for them, then we start getting loads from them. If I get a shipment from them, um, when I book the load and the load delivers, I get the hard copy POD, I image the POD, close the load out, and long as I send that in before what, one o'clock in the afternoon on Friday, I use, I'm usually paid by Saturday morning. Okay, yeah. got you. Yeah. And what like what percentage do you guys get off of that load? Seventy percent. Okay, you get seventy percent. Mm-hmm. Okay, got you. So it's full transparency. You're able to see everything, and everything. then you get seventy percent off of the top. Yes, sir. Seventy percent, okay. and they provide pretty much everything, like our everything. load boards, every kind of load board we you get you need for truck stop, deck, select this full circle. Okay, you know, so you have access to all those lo- lo- your own independent logins, and they yep. pay for all that. They Correct. pay for all that. We have access to Zoom info. I don't know if you know about Zoom info. Yeah, what we do yeah. Zoom info, the email addresses, and all that. Yeah, yeah. we got that. Um, every kind of LTL platform you can name. Man, they they, they give you so they, much yeah. access to so much things. It's yeah, like, why not? Got plug you. and play. Got you. Okay, so when you're first getting started, I, I know the first thing was go get customers, right? But yeah. That's probably like it sounds a little easier than it probably really is. Like, yeah. what was your what was your strategy to 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 get customers, get the right customers? How'd you know who to go after? Like, tell me a little bit about what you guys were thinking about in terms of getting customers. Because easy to say get customers, but yeah. who's the customers? You know what I mean? So right. tell me tell me about that process. I went after the industry that I knew best, which was expedited, because I did expedited freight. Um, like I said, the first lot of customers I ran freight for in my box truck. Well, like my first target, that's my target market because that's right. the, the freight I knew. I knew white glove delivery. I know box trucks. You know, I know Sprinter vans. vans as well. Like I know that's my my lane. So I went after cares. I mean, customers that had expedited freight. Okay. Like I chose my niche. Like I didn't want to do full truck load, have the cunt, you know, be it on cunt, you know, year long rates and all that. I didn't want to do that. I wanted spot market rates and to be in the expedited market. Okay. Got you. So what about carriers? Carriers. It wasn't that hard. Like basically, I started off just posting when I first started. We started off posting mm-hmm. on Dad Truck Stop and stuff like that. But when carriers would call in, we'd get their names, their phone numbers, their emails, MC, and MC all that, and kind of just write it down to keep a list of them. Then eventually make a list, like a distribution list, and so you're able to reach out to those carriers quicker. Or I just call them. But it got to the point where, for the loads that I have, you know, I have carriers that I could just reach out to quick. You know what I'm saying? Versus having to post and pray. That's how I was able to do Post it. Post and pray. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, 
you know, plus the brokers we're under, they had like 32,000 carriers already in their system. Okay. So it's yeah. easy to go in the system and search what carriers are around what lane, for what price, their name, email. So it just made it that much easier for yeah. me to find carriers. Not, that never been an issue for me. Got you. Talk to me about sales, because I think that's one of the most, obviously one of the most difficult things and one of the biggest hurdles that people have to, you know, get over. It's like, how, right. you know, just making those phone calls. You said you read The Power of Broke. Yeah. What, what are some of the mindset things that you learned in there that you applied to your business? Uh, I just really just didn't give up. Like, I just really pushed. I kept pushing. Um, I really knew that it was always, I reassessed myself at the end of each day, first off. So if I made phone calls and I didn't have any connections with anybody, I would basically look at myself, like, what did I do wrong? What right. could I do better? Um, but I know in the beginning I would start off and I wasn't being authentic. Like, I, I would change my voice up. Like, I had all kind of different Hello, voices. my name is Devin. Yeah, I did the Devin. I did, hey, buddy, my name is Devin. I'm calling to get some fright from you. You know, I did all that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I did the country voice. I did the, the stuck up voice, you know what I'm saying? Like I did everything, but then he's like, I, how can you just sound like it on the phone? I'm like, yeah. I've done customer service for so long, like it was she, just in me. She can do it, but I had to realize it being myself yes. and being okay with that. Okay. Yes. That's the biggest thing I learned is being myself and being okay with that and not being a salesman. You know, we're all we're all good at talking or whatever, but it's easy, it's better to listen. But I never just try to come at somebody like, hey, I can increase, lose, you know, decrease your freight spin or something like that. Yeah. Right. I don't do that. I have a conversation with them. I call people. I have a regular conversation with them. I want to know their pain points. You know, how can I help fit into your situation? You know, I got a lot of carriers I work with. I'm sure you got a lot of freight you move so we can maybe connect some way and there'll be some kind of synergy going on. We can save some money and build a relationship that way. Yeah. But mm -hmm. versus, and I don't. that's how I do it. Like, I just have a regular conversation. That's how I tell anybody. Like, if you're calling somebody, these are regular people you're calling. You know, even though they're corporate or whatever, they have a regular conversation with them. Mm. It's the easiest way. It. You know, you don't have to call somebody, hey, I'm, you use freight brokers? We're going to hold a list of questions for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. uh, let me call you with a script. You sound like a robot. Yes. Don't nobody want to talk to a robot. Right. No. They want right. to talk to a real person. Now, if you done had a, a million calls that day with people saying the same thing, I have access to a bunch of trucks and Mm -hmm. They heard that all day. Right. So you got to think of something different, which is a regular conversation. Right, right. Everybody like peace of mind. So so what are some of those common pain points that you find when you're on the phone with uh, with these shippers and, and brokers? What, what are they what are they telling you that you hear redundantly like all the time to where somebody who's getting into the business, you kind of give them a, a little bit of a head start? I know one of the biggest things is brokers saying they have trucks, but they really don't. Yeah. And then the truck, like, they'll call you back like, hey, I need a truck ASAP. Like, the truck fell off, this, that, and the third. But come to find out, they didn't have a truck in, to begin with. Mm. So they're, like, putting, like, rates out there and all this kind of stuff, like, ghosting. But you don't want to do that. Because right. it's like, it's your, it's your life. It's your, your bread and butter. Yeah. You want that long relationship. And if we don't have a truck, we, we, gonna say, we, we can't cover it. Right. Simple as that. Right. Because they'll call you bluff. Exactly. Yeah. Big thing is honesty, honesty and trust. That's what the main pain point is. Like, you know, everybody say they can do this, but they can't do that. But I say in a heartbeat, if I can't do something, like I work on it, I'm going to let you know what I have. You not have options in this area. But if I don't, I don't. But I'm not going to hold you up. Like my process for me to find a truck usually takes 10 minutes. If I don't find you one in 10 minutes, I probably can't find you one. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't hold a customer up. You know, all my customers appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Correct. How, how do you build your rapport with your carriers? How, how many carriers do you work with, first off? A lot. Yeah. A lot. I deal with a lot of carriers. Um, if you own. had to guess, like, how, 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 if you had to put a number on it. Like on a weekly? 
Yeah, just like on a on a weekly or just like your total book of carriers that you could say you can you have access to. Actually, it's about thirty four thousand. Okay, you know okay. what I'm saying? Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, but as far as weekly, I deal with probably about maybe a thousand twelve hundred. Okay, yeah. got you. And you probably have some regulars that you kind of go to. Yeah, definitely. Definitely okay. have some regulars. Okay. And that makes it so much easier. Right. Right. (laughs) You guys both said it at the same time. We do it all the time. Talk about that. Like, as far as that just making it easier, like, just working with the same people. Like, how do you build your rapport with your carriers? Well, like, when they call, we can ask them, like, okay, what areas are you in? Is this a lane you run all the time? Um, How much do you normally run this lane for? How many trucks do you have in the area? All that kind of stuff. And then we just... You know, we could pick up the phone and call them like, hey, I got this going on. I don't want to post it. Y'all did a great job for me last time. If you can't do it, do you know anybody else in the area? Right. So we keep it like that. Right, right, right. Most of them end up knowing it. If you're doing the same stuff, they know the customer's freight. They know the people that the shipper and receivers for you. So it makes it that much easier. Like they can call ahead of time. Hey, I'm on the way. Okay. It just makes everything so much smoother. Got you. How do you you guys negotiate price? We ask. I ask. What can you do it for? I don't never, I don't, even my, I don't try to underbid. I don't, that's why I don't like to do we the don't whole drive contract down. rates. I don't drive carriers down. Mm. If a carrier calls me, I say, well, what kind of rate can you do it for? Okay. And I, I, I go with that rate. You start there. I, yeah. I don't even, I don't try to go down and nothing like that. Like, cause I want you to eat. I don't want you to be on my load tomorrow. So I need a, an advance or, you know, my truck broke down. I can't make it. No, I want you to be able to fix that truck and keep going. Correct. Right. You know, I don't get cheap freight. So I don't want, you know, cheap carriers. I don't sell. Like cheap trucks. I sell premium trucks to my customers. I let them know, hey, I'm going to have a good truck on there on time, you know, clean cut driver, you know what I'm saying? Come pick your freight up with good service and we're going to get it there on time. It's not going to be an issue. And if there is an issue, we fix it like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's my my biggest thing. Like I just build them relationships like that. Got you. What what would you say is the biggest misconception about you guys' business for people trying to get into it? What, what What's the biggest thing that people think that's not necessarily true? That brokers keep all the money. Yeah. That's the biggest <laughs> thing. All the time. And it's just like, that is so not true. Like, there are really good brokers out here. Yeah. And we're we're two of them. Yeah. Right. You know? Right, right, right. Oh, my God. Brokers are ruining the world. And I want to ruin the world. I mean, <laughs> right. you got to think every carrier is different in their operating costs. So I can post a load from, say, Atlanta, Florence, South Carolina, right? I have one carrier call in, oh, I need uh, $2 a mile. I need to be at $2,000. Another carrier, say, twenty three. But then you have that last carrier to call and say, hey, man, she's getting me 1400 I'm trying to get home. Right. Who you going to go with? And you right. can't get mad at us. And we're saying, okay, the guy said he was trying to get home for 1400 You other guys are pretty high. Mm-hmm. You know, we still have a customer we have to give a price to. And they gonna, they can tell us no or, you know, yes. Yeah. Or if our price is too high, they can just easily send it to another broker and try to get other pricing, which would then drive the rates up even higher anyway. Right, right. right. Folks, so so when, when, you're, when you're booking a load, it, what, what's the most important thing to you? Is it price? Is it the carrier and like their safety score? Like, what are you looking at? Because like you could have you could have one person that will take it for less, but have a better safety score. Like, what? what how do we, you balance those scales? We definitely check that. Okay, safety the score. I check your care four one one. See if you had any kind of reports on that thing, and then not even just reports. I like to see if they responded to the reports. Because if I see a bunch of reports and nobody responded to them, then I know you just don't care. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But if it's a report like somebody just being petty. Like the, the driver showed up 30 minutes late. Mm-hmm. And then we'll That's ask petty. them about it too. Like, yeah. hey, we see this report out here. Like, what was going on? Yeah. And they'll they'll tell us. Right. So but we I'll, go off that. And their energy when they call, yeah. like, 
how they're responding. Like you got a lot of stuff going on in the background and you cursing. Like we've had all that kind of stuff happen. Mm. So I'm like, okay, yeah, your MC is good and stuff like that, but I don't know how you're going to be with my freight. So I will go with the higher price. Right. Yeah. You, right. Sometimes you go out that voice, that voice, like you got those, hey, bro, like I can do that. No. <laughs> I don't want that, bro. People and yeah. stuff like that. Like, uh uh-uh. uh. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's that's like crazy. That. So, so how do you guys balance the workload? Husband and wife couple, we, once you entered into the business, first talk about like you getting into the business because you had to get into sales and all that. Did you jump right into sales or did you help more like on the back end? I jumped right into sales. Okay. Um, that's what he needed me the most. And that's what we needed to actually fuel the business. So I hopped right on the phone with him. So he had already did all the research with the, um, getting a whole list of shippers and stuff like that. So I came in, I did some too, but when he was tired, I'll hop on, mm. he'll get the baby and then I'll talk. And my mama comes, she's like, so how much y'all made today? How many calls y'all made? I'm like, girl, like a hundred dollars. She's like, <laughs> It's going to be all right. <laughs> and she was like our biggest supporter too. Like my mom, like she definitely has always had our back. Like yeah. from day one, keep, keep going, keep going. It's going, you know what I'm saying? It's going to get better. I see what y'all doing. So it's going to manifest into something big. And to be where we're at now is crazy. Wow. We did not see it. Like just coming from doing this in our living room. Like we didn't have, and then what we realized too, like working on one computer screen in this business, definitely not. So we had like some flat screen TVs laying around. So we hooked those up with some connectors and worked off those two. At first it was on our cell phone. So then when it got the voice over IP phone, we just made it work. Mm. And like, it was tough, you know what I'm saying? Because of course, you know, it's a family of five, um, no money really coming in like that. So it was kind of a little, eh up in there but then once we both got into the rhythm and understanding the bigger picture and what we're working towards we both fit in where you know did what we could do how long was it before you guys started seeing some quote-unquote real money like when once you started the business say a couple months then it's first seven six months about six months yeah Yeah, because we were able to move from where we were staying at i mean it wasn't bad but it was not the best to like the area we always want to live in. Like, yeah. We were always riding past this little area with the country club. I was like, I always want to live over there. Yeah. Everybody's <laughs> over here like, and we were able to move over there, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's when life got pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. Got you. So so when you guys are, are making the calls, you talk about just being it being so difficult. You're calling hundreds of people a, a day, right? You yeah. say, yeah. like out of, out of those hundreds of calls, like how many people are saying yes? And the people who say no, like, are you following up with them? Like, how, how does that process work? And how do you how do you how do you do it to where, you know, you don't ever leave a customer behind or like you you send them an email later? Like, how, how does that work for you guys? Oh, system like Zoho, HubSpot. OK. You know what I'm saying? Like we start off with just HubSpot, CRM. OK. So, you know, you can go in there when you're calling a, calling a client. You can put in your notes. You can set an alarm to be able to when I'm going to follow up and stuff like that. Um Zoho was like my go-to because you know you can send emails and it'll automatically you can put in like little things or whatever and it'll automatically put the person's name in the email and stuff like that. So it kind of helped me out. But yeah, we would. So you have like a drip, like almost like a sequence. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So if they if they say no, they'll get a certain email. If they say yes, they'll get a different email. Different Is that kind of how it works? We have a follow up. We have right. a follow up email template that we already got created, so we can send that to them. Along with the customer app and all that good stuff, okay. like a, yeah, customer application. Yeah. Um, but then, 
Yeah, that's pretty much how I go. Is is email is the phone calls more powerful than email marketing, or like what do you, what do you think works better? I think phone calls. Okay, phone I think calls. nothing beats phone calling to me. The per the personal connection there, like yeah, like I've I made some long lasting connections. Like it's different, like to be a salesperson, like a, a customer can get rid of a salesman at any point. Like yeah. just somebody who emailed them. We don't want to do business with you no more. Right. But when somebody calls and you kind of build a relationship, you become more like family. Right. So a lot of my customers that I've had for all these years, like we're like family. So it's like they gonna call me, they could tell my mood and stuff like that. I could tell theirs. Right. So it's the the relationship works out so much better than just the average customer salesperson relationship. Right. Got you. Do you ever visit your customers? Yes. What? I visit um I got invited to one of my customers in Memphis' house for her 40th birthday, and I met her family, grandmother, the whole night. Okay, so okay. That was yeah. pretty cool. And then I meet my other customers. I got some more customers out of New York that I'm actually sponsoring a conference for down in um, one event their conference for down in Orlando in November. And, okay, that's dope. So we'll be on there, and I get to meet more of my clients. Whatever, mm-hmm. Nice. All right, so so just kind of walk me through a, a, a day in the life of your business. Like from, from the morning, you wake up. Just, just give give the audience an idea how things go for you on a daily, daily basis. All right. So get up in the morning. Got to start my day with my coffee. Definitely. <laughs> got to start my day with my coffee, man. Then we uh, we always check to see like what loads we got out there that are delivering, picking up, whatever the case may be. So with delivering, I'm reaching out, emailing all my drivers like, have we made on site yet? But, you know, I have tracking on them too, so I can look at that, but. You know, tracking ain't precise to let you know, hey, they're on site and let you know they're in the area. Right. So I reach out to them, let you know, you know, we're on site. So you're calling all of them. Yeah, yes. I reach out to all my drivers first thing in the morning. I want to know where you at before eight. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because customers usually get in between eight and nine and you don't want them to get in and be like, are we on site? Can I get an update on this? You want to already have that email out to them. Okay. So, that's so on a regular basis, how much drivers would that be? Like just on average? Ooh, depends on the day. It could be yeah. 20. It could be... Five. It just okay. depends right. on the but day. But you're gonna you're gonna touch base with each of those drivers every day. Every day. Yeah. Well, okay. reach out to them. I'll make sure that we're on site, everything's going smooth. I do it the night before too, because I want to make sure if it's any issues, I catch it. Because you don't want to be like an eight o'clock delivery appointment and they're still thirteen hundred miles out. Okay. If six o'clock in the afternoon, they're not gonna make it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I always just make sure I'm on top of that. That way if it's an issue, I can alert the customer before they get in. Uh, then I'll Go ahead and start looking at what loads I got in. You know what I'm saying? If it's loads that I got carriers already for, I reach out to my carriers. If not, then of course we'll post on load boards and stuff like that or send out email blasts. Um, but that's pretty much it. Then we just kind of go through the day. Might play a little PlayStation. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so, so now with the loads, are, are, how are you getting your loads? Are you just, are you assigned a certain amount of loads or just, is it just a bunch of loads you can just pick, you can choose from? How does that work? My customers email me whenever they have a, a load request. They just okay. email me. Okay. So it could be any time during the day or night. You know, I had yeah. someone come through yesterday. It's just random emails. Whenever they have a request from one of their customers to get picked up, some picked up. They email me. Got you. And are you typically working on a day to day, or like is this like weekly, where you have like the week planned out? How does it normally work? Some customers I have a week planned out. I can plan like pretty much a month in advance. But some customers I am day to day. Okay. 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 So we don't know how today is going to yeah, be. Yeah, like every, every day is different. You know right. what I'm saying? It's a different We may experience. think we cool, we cool for the day. We can run out and grab some breakfast. Yeah. Next thing you know, boom, like 10 emails. Everything hit the fan. I need you. I need you. I need you. This carrier fell off. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We got to go. 
Got you. Get on it. Yeah. Got you. All right. So what what makes you guys? Because obviously you've you've gotten a, a, a lot of success. You know, being freight agents under this other broker. What makes you guys stay freight agents as opposed to getting your own brokerage, your own authority, so forth and so on? Why do you stay in this lane? Um, well, I'm comfortable in this lane. First off, I don't have a need to be an agent. Then I kind of like broke down. I mean, a broker, but I broke down the math on it, like how much I'll be spending as a broker, how much time I'll be doing it. And then like, how, who would I have to hire to do my back end, all that kind of stuff. It was just, I didn't want to do it. I like to be able to enjoy my time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know, like we, we like traveling, you know what I'm saying? So right. like for me to have to be able to run a whole brokerage, that's a lot. It when is. it comes to invoicing and all that stuff, make sure everybody get paid. Paying carriers. Paying carriers, I didn't want to do all that. I just want to kind of just plug into somebody's system. I don't want all that responsibility mm-hmm. to have to, it, it, it's, it's already enough taking care of customers and tracking loads and running your business and deal with a whole back end of things. Because at that time, I didn't know anything about being a broker. So the MC and what load boards you need and all that stuff, all that stuff adds up. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I don't And want- then what if you're not successful at it? You still yeah. paying those bills. <laughs> yeah. I don't <laughs> want to pay those bills. Like, what if right. I lose everything? What if right. all my... God forbid, all my customers just say, you know what, we're stop shipping. Right. I'm gonna still have to pay these insurance, insurance, bond, all this stuff. Once you have to get paid, right? Right. I don't want to do that. Like right. I, I'm straight where I'm at. Like I'm comfortable. I make great money as agent. I don't have to wait for customers to pay for me to get paid. Like I get paid every week. My percentage, they don't play with my money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I love it. Like the freedom of it. You know, I just plug into that system. Anything I want that I don't have. I can easily say, hey, man, I think we need to look into this. Like, this is the new load board everybody's going to. Or this is the new software for rating or whatever. Mm. They'll be like, okay, yeah, let's talk more about it. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they'll do it. So that peace of mind is definitely worth that 30%. Yes, it is. I don't have to be the big dog. I can just plug into somebody else's system. Like, it's not broke. I ain't got to fix it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then we can still do our own thing. Like. Like as agents, like we have our own training program. We do our, we move around how we want to. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, why? Why be a broker? Yeah. We're I, good. You know, I got customers without like crazy credit lines. I'm like, I know I couldn't be able to keep all that up. Like, yeah. 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 So, okay. So in your plans for the future, like looking five years down the road, do you plan to scale the business? Are you guys comfortable just being husband and wife, doing it this way? Like, how do you see the future of Hudson Freight? We want to scale Hudson Freight. Okay. Yes. You know, we're still yep. going to be a, an agency. Okay. But of course, we want to be able to scale to where we have a bunch of salesmen, a bunch of agents, sub-agents as well, but a bunch of salesmen, a big care sales team. Like, I really want to spread it out, you know, because we offer great service. We're a great company to work with. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of expedited carriers that we work with that are very good. They got great service, great prices. They're great people, so we just want to be able to link out with more customers that need those services, you know, which there are a lot out there right now. Yeah. And just make a move like that, but definitely want to grow. Are you still focusing on expedited? Personally, I work focused on expedited, but focus on expedited. But once I do grow, I want to get into other areas. I want to get yeah. into full truckload, reefer, hazmat, but hazmat would be my main thing I want to do. Hazmat, your main thing? That'll be the main thing. I want to but we've why, done why hazmat. Like I do hazmat right now, full truckload, but not as much as I want to do. Yeah. Um, but that's something out there. Why why hazmat? Um, I like I don't know, I like complicated stuff, and then a lot of people don't do as much hazmat. It's hard to find hazmat trucks. Carriers. Yeah. Hazmat carriers. So yeah. it's a niche market. 
So yeah. it's a market that somebody can really, you know, pop in that lane and take off. For sure. And and you get paid in proportion to the problem that you solve. Exactly. So if you have a bigger problem, that means bigger money's coming yeah. with it. Like that's definitely a lane that is not saturated at all. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Nah, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure. All right, so um, we've been rocking for a minute. Um, I, I'm, I'm learning a lot about your business, and just through, through listening to you, it's like, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. Like, mm-hmm. why, just like you said, tap into the system, yeah. and you can just pretty much, they have everything for you. Everything's yeah. already set up. Right. You can just keep it rolling. Right, because I didn't, you know, you start, we start off, some, for somebody who was in my situation, you know, yeah. you don't have a lot of money, capital saved up, you don't have good credit, even if you have good credit. A lot of times you don't want to have that risk right. if you don't know it's for you. Like I've had so many people take my program, hop into this business. I've seen them. And it's like, oh, I'm giving up. But you don't spend all this money. You're too deep in right. to just feel like you're, just getting, you're taking a loss. Right. So this is more like a way for somebody to take their foot in the water, just see, okay, if it's for me. Correct. Without having that big liability. And, and, and that's a great, a great segue. You talk about your program. Talk about that. What made you guys uh, start your program? And, and can you tell us a little bit about it? Well, our program is a sub-agent program where we bring people in up under us and we help them along the way and mentor them while they work on building their their million-dollar book of business so they can become their own agency up under brokers. We're up under. Okay. We partner with them to be able to make it a straight-through process. Smooth transition. So, um, uh, what was I saying? While we started the, pro- the, the program, yeah. we started because we saw, like, I'll be on Facebook sometimes in the groups and I would see everybody is supposed to be a freight broker or a freight broker trainer. Like, everybody. And it'll be somebody who I just seen like six months ago asking for help, right. um, <laughs> what to do as a freight broker. Right. But now they're hiring agents, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. And all this, yeah. so I'm like, man, people. It's a lot of people out here screwing people over. Yeah. And like I would see some people like on Instagram, they'd be freight broker trainers one week, and then real estate agents the next week, and stuff like that. And I'm like, man, forex the next week. You, you feel me? Like yeah. everybody just changing up. Like this is all I do. Yeah. Like, I, I love and it. And then because of our situation, yeah. like we wouldn't have gotten our foot in the door if it wasn't for my father. Yeah. Cause we didn't have that book of business so calling around calling around couldn't get in couldn't get in so i know people have that struggle because and that's why a lot of people do go to dispatching or just straight brokering because they can't get in under a broker without the book of business so that's what we come in at right we are your foot in the door you don't have to call around the brokers and stuff like that just you know come in as an agent okay learn okay earn while you learn Got you. So they're they're working. Just so I'm clear on the the the, the way the uh, relationship is, they're working under you guys as yes. sub agents for your agent agency. And how did how do they get paid? They get they paid get straight paid. from the broker as well. Okay. Yeah. yeah and it's a 50, we got it set split. up that way. Yeah. Okay. Dope. Dope. So dope. we no money is funneled through our agency. We don't even deal with it. It goes directly through their account to their account from the broker. The broker sends them a 1099. Oh, that's a good deal, man. It is. Yeah, and, 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 they, and they learn and, they, and you guys are mentoring them, helping them through Correct. the process. Because brokers don't have time to hold, you know, like a big brokerage, they don't have time to hold your hand. Yeah. So that's why we, you know what I'm saying, sticking our necks out there like, okay, yeah, we, we'll help you. Gotcha. Because so, so many people want to get in the industry, but they are so lost. Like he said, getting those groups, you just see it all the time. And it's just like when people finally see someone that's successful and they're really trying to help you, they've been screwed over so many times that... It's just like, I don't want to take another training. Yeah. But I'm like, I, I get it. Yeah. I really do. You know what I'm saying? But we're here, you know, for that, for that help. Got you. Help and, and and what do, like, typically when they first get started, what's, like, some of the hurdles that you see 
um, people having to get over when they when you're when you're training them. Um, get comfortable on the phones. Yeah, making phone calls. Um, a lot of people try to recreate the wheel when it comes to yeah. sales. Like they try to go around the whole. Like you know, I know it's a way to get around the phones. I mean, I want to hire some people or hire people to make phone calls. It's not really business. You just keep throwing money at and think you're gonna get something. You gotta mm -hmm. have to do some work, right? So that's the biggest thing. A lot and of not being consistent and yeah. organized, and, and you know, a lot of people still work, which is okay. You know what I'm saying? But you got to be strategic. You got to be very organized if you still work a nine to five. But the good thing about it, too, is with us, since we're, you know, what I'm saying already doing this and we pretty much have our flow together. If someone's at work, we'll post your loads for you. You know what I'm saying? We'll, you know, call the carriers or whatever the case may be, you know, what I'm saying to make sure because it's hard to get a customer and it's, it's easy to lose them off a rookie mistake. Gotcha. So that's why we, you know, what I'm saying we mentor, we hold your hand, we, we do it all. Wow. Dope. So for them, it's zero startup costs. But they pay for the training. They pay for the training. And then that's it. And then that's it. Yeah. So, so zero start to get into business. So they just, you guys train them and then they're in business basically. Right. You can hop nothing. right on it. When you say, okay, I'm done with training. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to roll. We do like, you know, a little Zoom call or whatnot if they're not in Atlanta. And hey, you can start making calls tomorrow. Wow. And, and, and you guys experience, how, how much can somebody actually make in this business within their first year? What, what, what's, what's, the, what's the earning potential? Man, okay. <laughs> we had a husband and wife team. They started with us last year and their first six months they made seventy thousand. Yeah. First it wasn't even six months. months. It was Maybe about August, four. September. It was four months. Yeah. Yeah. And four months. Yeah. They made seventy thousand? Four yes. months. Wow. They got a real big customer. Their first customer was it was like their only customer. That double was a big fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see them all the time. You they see them all the time. Like they, crazy. They, they're big. Yeah. You know who they are. Wow. So, so okay. So that's that makes that makes me give another question. How how is there no conflicts of interest? Like because of like having different customers. Like if you're working together with all these people, like you see that big fish, you may want that big fish. Like how right. does how does that work? It can get tricky. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. when customers care, somebody wants help. We had a situation where we realize now <laughs> you got to step back a little bit. Yeah. You got to because you can't help go too deep in right. the water with someone. Right. Yeah. You know, we helped out people and they kind of. It went sideways. But, yeah. Um, it does. It can become a conflict of interest. Yeah. If it's a situation that you can't maybe handle, and the customer's like, "Okay, they, I need to reach somebody," and they reach out to me. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? I'm and like, then it's okay. like, "Hold on, that was my person," but it's like, "Yo, I'm saving a day." Yeah. Like, and I'll, you know, I have to step in. You know, it, it, right. it, it, it'll get like that. But we learn from that, that situation. Lesson. We uh, learn bad. Okay. Because what he did was, we was like, you know, if. You know, you're scared to get on the phones and stuff like that. We'll hop on the phone and lock the customer in for you. And that's what he did. Gotcha. And he locked it in and, you know, it got real sticky. I could, I yeah. could Muddy water for how real. Get, yeah. How that can get interested. Yeah. But, so um, we was like, we got to eh, scale back from that. Yeah. The only thing we could do is mentor and, and yeah, walk you, you through it. it, but we can't hop on the phone no more. I know if I get on the phone, I'm going to land the customer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, that second voice is everything. Like, you know, I used to sell real estate a long time ago, and that's what they would do for the rookie real estate agents. Mm -hmm. They would have a seasoned real estate agent come out to, like, the closing with you yeah. to, like, have that second voice because they know you're, you're young, you're nervous. So they come as, like, that senior voice and just say, okay, right. well, this. So it's kind of like that's what you're doing. Correct. Right. But they're, in essence, really closing. If 
they weren't there, that deal's not getting closed. Yeah. Correct. You know, but me, I'm like, that was my deal. You yeah. Know, exactly. I got on the phone, I booked the appointment. Yeah. You know, so depending on the kind of person you are, you may feel a little bit more entitled to yeah. that. Yeah. But if you look at it for real, like if they weren't there, it wasn't gonna happen. Yeah. Correct. But yeah, I could definitely understand that. That's 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 dope. But I mean, yeah. this sounds great, man. So so in essence, like this is really a way for people to get started without, you know, putting the risk. Having all the risk um, is cost effective. Yeah. Yes. And they can just really get started in business, booking freight. And then if they want to, they can create their own brokerage if yeah. that's something they aspire to do later on down the line. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Especially if you, know, you, know, got, you got comfortable, you, you're making money, you got customers, you can do whatever you want to do. You know, your agency, you know, you yeah. be like, at this point right now, I can be like, hey, I'm done with you guys. I decided to go ahead and start my own brokerage if I wanted to. Right. I just don't have the desire to do it. Right. Um, right. But anybody can do whatever they want to do. What 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 what's the difference between what you guys do and dispatching? Oh, big difference. Yeah. You know, okay. Like, you know, dispatch a lot of times, they their main customer is the carrier. carrier. So right. they're trying to book loads for a carrier and stuff like that. Our customer is like the actual shippers. Customer, yeah. So we're not really so much catering to the trucks as much as we're catering to the shippers. Need so like if a shipper says, "Hey, I need this. I need the truck to do." Boop, 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 boop. We're giving the, the instructions to the dispatchers to give to their drivers or right. the, the owner operators, which is more. I, more than, I like to work with owner operators more than dispatchers. Right. Um. But I would mostly just give the details to them from them, so they would come hit us up and follow. So a dispatcher is more so reporting to the drivers, whereas you guys are more so reporting to your shippers. Correct. Like we the plug with yeah. the freight. Yeah, we yeah. the plug with the freight. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Um. But like I said, I don't like to use too many dispatches. Yeah. I prefer them on operators. Why? It gets messy with dispatches because when they call, I like dispatches that are seasoned, first off. If you call, you already know what your rate is, you know where your driver's at and all that. But the ones that call you, ask for the details that you already got posted. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Instead of reading it and yeah. then say, okay, cool. Let me call my driver. I'll call you back. Right. Urge my fucking. <laughs> I'm sorry. Urge my nuts. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. But, um, yeah, I prefer dealing with the driver because the owner-operator will automatically know what he wants. He's going to know, okay, I want to get $2 a mile. Can you do it for this? You know, I, I like to deal with that personal relationship with just mm-hmm. the person going to be handling my freight. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Well, we've had dispatchers that we can't even reach. Yeah. Like, we, you know, we ask questions like, All right, do y'all have an overnight um, dispatching service? Like, who can I get in contact with? Because my shipper's going to want updates every two hours. Mm. Can't get in contact with them. You know what I'm saying? Or it may be a situation where... They're in the middle of taking their kids to school and you're trying to talk about a load. You can't hear anything because kids screaming in the background. Oh, wow. Like all kind of stuff be going on. It's just like, where is the professionalism? Can't you, j- j- just call me back. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah. Back. Or email me. Got you. <laughs> Aside from situations like that, what else would you say is the most difficult part about your business? Um, Conflict resolution. Yeah. Just, you know what I'm saying? Already... If, if something goes wrong, because we've had situations to where freight flew off the truck, mm. off of a flatbed, the straps, the, the um, I guess it was like steel or something, yeah. and Oof. it cut the strap. So we had to f- think about making that phone call to your customer like, um, the freight's on the way, but it's on the side of the highway on the ground. Right. So it was like, what you mean? Okay, but I got a... Uh, yeah, tow truck, truck come right, over there. Right there. Yeah. You know, we already got it figured out. You know, it's, it's getting put back on the truck, all this kind of stuff. So just knowing how to get around um, difficult situations because that we, we've we had some crazy ones. People yeah. running off with the freight. Um, crushing the freight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We you did said have, crushing the freight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had I, an I art like sculpture. A, it was like a custom aluminum sculpture. I ordered a dedicated truck. 
Okay. <laughs> but you know, when you post the cut aluminum aluminum's light. So yeah. when you post a load is thirteen hundred pounds, but I say full truck load. Care about, oh yeah, full truck load in my butt. They're gonna get right, right, right. we gonna, we gonna throw something else on it. Right. Yeah. But when they did that, I guess they must have slammed on brakes or something. Because oh. they had the sculpture, the front of the truck, yeah. and then some other stuff by the door. Oh and my it's, God. it went straight into Crushed it. And it's scope. crazy because the guy he actually had, he flew in because he had somebody buying this sculpture. Oh. And when it got there, oh, it was. Yeah. That sounds terrible. You know, anytime there's a, a sculpture being transported, yeah. it's, yes. it's serious. And yeah. he flew in to sell it. Yeah. So what happened? I mean, the insurance. All thing I could do is tell the truth and send the pictures, and we got on the phone with the carrier. I let the customer oh, say what they get, they get theirs off to the carrier or whatever, but they were hot. Was it a one of one? Huh? Was it a one of one type type of sculpture, like to where it couldn't have been yeah. replicated? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. So of course they they didn't pay for the move that that movement. Yeah. Because it was pointless at that point. You pretty much destroyed it. Wow. Yeah. So wow. You know, explain that to a carrier like, hey. More likely gonna be a claim. Yeah, they're not paying for this, man. You need this for free. Yeah, yeah. You know like, and, any other horror stories like that? Oh, oh man, we got a few. Oh man, I had one. It was supposed to go to a trade show. They were supposed to deliver like on a Friday or something like that. You know, trade shows it's tight. You got to be there between eight and eleven or something. But about eleven o'clock, come carrier says, "Hey, drivers on site." It was like eight o'clock. Drivers on site. I'm like, cool. Let me know when we get to a dock, or whatever. Hey, drivers at the dock. All that good. They send me updates like ain't nothing going on. Right. Drivers unloaded. We'll send POD shortly. I send that email to the customer. Drivers unloaded. Send the POD shortly. Man, phone start going off. No, that driver haven't showed up. The marshal called my phone. They haven't seen the truck. Find out where my truck is right now. Right. My guys are there. They're waiting to unload mm. this guy. We don't see no truck. Right. So I'm calling the carrier like, yeah, it's a, it's a yellow truck. And I'm telling them it's a yellow truck. They're riding around the whole parking lot. But then I called the carrier back. Where's the truck? Uh, where the truck broke down. Um, he took it to a tow truck yard. I'm like, huh? I'm like, what you talking about? He said delivery. Like, no, nah, no. Nah. He talked to the driver. He broke down. He, she gave me a, I had a, a ping where it was at. So my wife was like, okay, let me go on this, go on Google. So she Googled uh-huh. the area where they pinged it and saw a real estate office over there. Okay. So she called the real estate office like, uh, this is kind of going to be kind of weird. But I have a <laughs> truck that just pinged over there. Would you mind going outside the door and walking around CBC at 18? He was like, right. yeah, actually, I will. I'm on my way to lunch, so I'll go. And he yeah. was like, I don't see a truck. I don't see it. we like, oh, my God. Yeah. Where is this driver? Yeah. So. so then we end up calling a yard that was nearby. No driver over there either. Mm. So then we get back on the phone. It's like, where is this driver? And then, then they transload the freight or something. Yeah, they, 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 they strung us along for like two or three more days. Yeah. Yeah, then finally... Finally, we got a call from them saying that the truck was on the way and all that stuff. He got fixed. So, of course, my customer was mad. By this time, they had flew some people down there. Yeah. And so when he got there, you know, they had to drive on FaceTime with me. It was like, is this the guy? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it got tense pretty like that. Yeah. Um, but it was a different driver. The carrier actually put the, the freight on a, a train. Okay. And sent it across country versus driving it across country. Oh, man. It was supposed to be a dedicated Full truck load, but they put the freight on a train and played us for a couple of days. Man, yeah. that is crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. So and, crazy. And, and, and that's another thing you got to have in this business, I'm sure, is, is, is thick skin because yeah. yes. you're going to hear some some languages and some words that's probably not always the nicest. You yeah. Know what I'm yeah, you go, you we had this one lady say she was going to come camp out on our yard with her daughter. 
because her dispatcher ran off with some money and some craziness. And we had to get online to do some research to figure out who the real owner was because we thought it was the guy. Right. But it wasn't. It was a lady. Wow. And she's like, if you guys are going to take money, I'm going to come camp out on your lawn. We're like, oh, my God. Mm. Yeah, they, were like, they were like six hours late for a convention as well. Wow. Wow. And it's like with full truckload, it just it's always something half of the time. But expedited freight, won't too much deal with it. Okay. Okay. You don't have many problems. It's so much smoother for me. Mm -hmm. Straight through email. (laughs) Yes. No doubt. No doubt. All right, child. Well, listen, this has been dope. Um, I've learned a lot. I'm sure the audience has learned a lot. And I think people are going to definitely want to tune tap in with you guys and Figure out how you guys are making all this money over okay. here, man, without without <laughs> without, a, without a true brokerage. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. Um, before we go, we always have to end with the final thought. So I want one from you, Tijuana, and also from you, Devin. Um, and then after that, we got to let everybody know where they can connect with you directly, uh, social media, website, so forth and so on. So ladies first, Tijuana, let's, let's give our final thought, especially coming from a woman in this male-dominated transportation industry. Right. And it's crazy because I've been like inside this bubble for so long, just he and I working together. So just connecting with women and seeing like women are very, are really bosses out here. That's a fact. In this industry. So I'm like, you know what? Let me uh step outside. Yeah. And network a little bit more. So I've grown to really love logistics. Like I do other things on the side, but nothing can compare to this. Like I've met so many people. It's, it's been life changing, to say the least. Wow. Wow. Dope. Devin. Yeah. Life changing, as she said, you know, like I say this, this industry has changed my life fully, completely. You know, I never thought I'd make this kind of money, you know, in my life. You know, last month we did what? A little bit under mm-hmm. five hundred thousand in sales, right. and we made a hundred thousand, you know, in our pocket as agents. And I was like, I never thought I'd make a hundred thousand dollars in a year, let alone right, a month. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, just I take that and run with. It. I want to be able to see somebody else grow. You know what I'm saying? It ain't about us right. having money because, like they say, it's lonely at the top. But you want to see other people win. Like I like seeing people win and celebrating their success. It just, yes. I don't know. It made me happy. Yeah. You know because I know if I can do it. Anybody can do it because I had the mentality about when I seen her father, like I said, if he can do it, I know I can do it and make some money. <laughs> that's all he was. So like, if I can do it, I know anybody else can do it as well. Who, who's who's doing better? Your, your father or y'all? Who, who's winning we, we right now? <laughs> we ain't we gonna put it out there. We gonna put it out there. We busting <laughs> heads, man. I'm gonna tell you, I don't know too many other freight agencies, agencies that mess with me. I'm gonna oh, be real. Man, yeah, man. I'm gonna be real. Hey, that's a big fact. Y'all man. put them, y'all put them gross profits on there. That's all I'm gonna say. And I yeah. bet I bet Most my margins. Post your, your profits. profits. <laughs> you know net, net, not gross. Let yeah. Exactly. What you take home? What you, take, what you take at home? Don't talk. Don't, don't talk. Oh, yeah, I made about, yeah, about 800000 for a month. Nah, nah. <laughs> I'm getting real. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. And where can people connect with you, man, to learn more about, about your, uh, your your curriculum and, mm-hmm. and training and then, you know, more about Hudson Freight? Gotcha. Um, our Instagram is Hudson, H-U-D-S-O-N underscore freight. Uh, my Instagram is Devin the Freight Broker. And yours is T E A underscore the Freight Slayer. The Freight Slayer. The freight slayer. Love, yes. love the search. Freight. What's going on with this? Freight Slayers. What's this about? Freight Slangers. I mean, freight Slangers. Freight yeah. Slangers. Was- we were home one day and I was like, man, we need some gear. Okay. So I ended up buying like a heat press machine, a okay. cricket um, maker, and all that stuff. And I was like, we about to press some shirts. Okay. So we were just thinking about some names. It was like, Freight Slangers. Yeah. So I 
LLC that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Pressed up some shirts. No doubt. And here we are. Here we are. No yeah. doubt. I love Finding it. I love it. Yeah. Husser, Frey, Devin, Tijuana. I appreciate you guys. This we has been awesome. You. This has been a great learning experience for me. I hope the audience had a great learning experience as well. So. Hustle fam, you know how we do it. If you smell something burning, it's only a desire. And we are out.